All right, last week we talked about getting into the rules of the XFL. Now, I looked on the the uh, XFL website. Now, the rules haven't been updated since they released on January 2020. So um, I assume that they're going to keep a lot of the rules. Uh, and I do remember when the league launched back then, um, a lot of the rules were very simple, a lot of easy to follow. So this is going to be very long drawn out. I try to type out as much of this as possible, but a lot of it was... Uh, copy pasted from the wiki um, since the wiki seemed to uh, simplify it as much as possible so um, if you do want to just look up the xfl uh, rule book it'll take you to the xfl website it'll show you the two types the two rules um, the xfl rules and then the nfl college rules and then the, the rationale behind it which is really cool but um the rule books let's actually start with kickoffs because that's exactly where the rule book starts um, in the mid 2010s, the NFL and the, X, the NFL and the NCAA imposed rules for player safety, kind of limiting the amount of impact kickoffs have. And the AAF just totally removed kickoffs. So the XFL wanted to keep kickoffs, but also keep player safety in mind. So the rules state as followed: the spot of the kickoff is set at the kicking team's 30-yard line. The in the NFL is at the and the college is at the 30. Uh, however, members of the kicking team, including the kicker, line up at the receiving team's 35-yard line. And the blockers for the receiving team are lined up on their 30, so a five-yard difference between the two. Only the kicker and returner or returners can move until the ball is either caught or three seconds after it hits the ground. Um, very interesting. I'm going to take a drink real quick. Very interesting because not only is it going to allow for kickoffs to be more or did this allow kickoffs to be more uh, impactful in the game, but it made it so players aren't running 60, 70 yards down the field at full speed hitting each other. So definitely limiting the amount of injuries. Kickoffs that go out of bounds or fall short of the receiving team's 20-yard line come to the kicking team's 45-yard line, so the other side of the 50. Uh, In the NFL and NCAA, uh, it only requires kicks to travel 10 yards, and kicks out of bounds are placed at the receiving team's 40-yard line. The XFL used two different types of touchbacks. A major touchback occurs when a kick travels into the end zone in the air, which results in the receiving team taking possession at the 35, or a minor touchback occurs when the ball bounces into the end zone, which results in the receiving team taking possession at the 15. These rules discourage either team from purposely taking a touchback, which is good. Uh, it makes you know more player time, more events to happen on the field teams can request an attempt an onside kick this is where it gets a little bit confusing under more conventional kickoff rules if a team opts for an onside kick the ball must travel at least 10 yards before it can be recovered by the kicking team as other leagues uh but may not travel more than 20 yards downfield in the air from the spot of the kick to prevent formation from being used as a loophole. So what that means is, just like in the NFL and other leagues, the ball must travel 10 yards before being being recoverable by the kicking team. And then it cannot be, it has to be kicked within the 10 yard and 20 yards. Um, it cannot be kicked any farther because then, of course, if you have all your teams, line, all your players lined up for an onside kick and you boot that thing down the field, now all your players are going to get right past, right? Making it like a traditional kickoff. All right, I got my co-star Peyton with me now. 
So now, Peyton, we're going to punts. Um, the XFL does not allow gunners. Uh, all players on the punting team must remain on or behind the line of scrimmage until the ball is kicked. Uh, this is a carryover from the original XFL, although that league had scrapped the rule midway through the season. Um, the coffin corner punt is treated as a touchback and brought to the 35-yard line. The attempts to neutralize punt coverage are made to encourage more fourth down conversions. Uh, Luck concluded halfway through the inaugural season that the effort was largely unsuccessful as coaches continued to punt as usual. The same touchback rules for kickoff apply as for punts. Now, instead, yeah, instead of kicking a, a coffin corner punt, take a sip. Uh, getting it within the five of uh, between the 10 and, and, um, goal line. Now that'll just automatically be placed on the 35 yard line, which is it's good. It makes it so punts are going to be more, you know, in theory, punts would be, um, a lot less punts and more fourth down conversions, especially if you're within the 35, you know, uh, 50 yard line. Um, since player possession or player possession is everything, uh, field possession is everything. Um, now we're getting into the point after touchdown or the PAT. Uh, the normal extra point kick was done away with, and its place was a scrimmaging a scrimmage play varying in point value depending on um, how far the touchdown scoring team chooses to start to play. A two yard attempt is a single point. Five yards is two points. Ten yards is three. This rule came from the original XFL that had added only that had only that had it only added for the playoffs to add another form of excitement. The Stars Football League, something I didn't even know existed and I will cover later on, uh, also used this. In an event, the defense takes a turnover and returns the ball for a touchdown in a fumble or an interception. The defense will receive the score the same amount receive the points the same amount that the offense was aiming for. So if they're going for one point, they get one point. Uh, the double forward pass. This is interesting. Teams can attempt two forward passes in the same play. I saw this happen quite frequently. Uh, so long as the ball never crosses the line of scrimmage. Before the second pass, this also... Oh, before the second pass. This also means that if the pass is batted back towards the quarterback, he's eligible to throw it again. Which is very fun to see now. There is a play where Marcus Mariota that happened, but he just barely crossed the line of scrimmage when he did that. So, yeah. Is that interesting? Okay. Peyton's going to have her, her segment. Now the overtime. This actually makes me more excited to see overtime in the XFL. I didn't see it a whole lot in the 2020 season. So, except the OT is decided by a five-round shootout of two-point conversion similar to a penalty shootout in soccer or hockey. This has never been done before in any organized football league that we that we know of. The coin toss was taken out, and instead the visiting team is on offense first and the home team on defense. The defense cannot score if a turnover occurs. The play is called dead. If a penalty occurs on defense, the ball is moved to the one-yard line. If another penalty happens after that, or in any future rounds, the result is a score to be awarded to the offensive team. Now, if pre-snap offensive penalties occur, 
that will result in the ball being respotted to the regular rules. If a post-snap offensive penalty occurs, uh, it is a loss of down and no score. If no team score at the end of the five rounds, multiple rounds of conversions will be played until someone scores. This makes sure there is no tie at the end of the game. So I really hope to see that happen. Not a lot. I'm going to take a sip. But as as the season goes on, we will see off overtimes. And this will make overtime a little bit more exciting. Now the NFL is, you know, an, another quarter essentially where we can end in a tie. And the NCAA is just a, a game until someone wins. Right? So, which is really cool. Now... I hope this one is easy to follow, right? It's going to be on clock chasings. Um, during normal time of play, so outside of the two-minute warnings, the clock will continuously run, only stopping if the change of only if a change of possession happens. Once the clock hits two-minute warning, and yes, the XFL is using that, the clock will then stop after all plays until the ball is spotted and reverts to NFL timing rules. Uh, so incomplete passes, advancing the ball out of bounds, spiking the ball. The play clock is 25 seconds long, measured from the spot of the ball. This will this was put in place in order to speed up the the spotting of the ball. So with that, we're not, you know, it's not taking forever. Here's your passive there. She dropped. Yeah. Um, there are also all offensive players will have one-way radios on their helmets, not just the quarterback. So the offensive coordinator. It allows the offensive coordinator to run more no-huddle offenses and call plays directly to the players, doing away with huddle situations. Teams are only giving two timeouts instead of three uh, per half, and instant replay reviews are limited to 60 seconds, and there are no coach challenges. The Sky Judge is the only one who is able to challenge. So the officiating. Now, this is key because I am a big... um, I don't like the NFL officiating. So, the officiating cha- changes. The XFL expands on the NCAA system of eight on-field officials, which includes the center judge not used preview or professionally in either the NFL or, or CFL, and including a ninth official, a specialized ball judge, whose only duty is to quickly spot the ball after the end of the previous play. By utilizing the ball judge... Uh, who wears a red hat to differentiate themselves from the other officials, the league aims to have a ball spotting time of between 5 to 7 seconds, which is really crucial. Uh, a new rule proposed would add a tap penalty imposing an individual player uh, instead of entire teams. So if a player who commits a foul, which is not serious enough to warrant a penalty flag, will be sent off the field for one play. This type of enforcement will keep the game moving quickly without allowing players to break the rules. Um, unlike the almost uh, power play in ice hockey, the offending team will be allowed to substitute another player out. So what that means is um, in ice hockey, if a foul is committed on the player, that player is out for the play. Now that team is down for one, you know, down a player for X amount of time. In the XFL, if your tight end or defensive a defensive back commits a penalty, not warning a flag, they get kicked off the field for one play. You'll just put in the second play, right? Um, 
the AAF introduced a sky judge, which additionally, an additional official in the press booth for the sole purpose of reviewing on-field decisions. Luck had said he thought this was a great innovation to the game and in December 2019 confirmed the XFL would use a sky judge back then. Um, Robert Liu, who served as the AAF sky judge in 2019, continues in that capacity with the XFL. Uh, I do not know if they're bringing him back for the new the 2013 season. Penalty enforcement places priority on fouls that pose a threat to player safety with less emphasis on procedural violation so as not to slow down the game with unnecessary penalty calls. Officials uh, officials would also have access to both teams' play calls. The Sky Judge would also have full access to official microphones. Um, all six of the XFL officiating crews will have, at least, will have at least one woman, and the league will use laser down chain crew equipment, which uses wide band radio waves to precisely measure the spine of the ball. So very, very big for especially the times that we are in now. Each official in crew is going to have one woman, which is awesome. Um, putting, you know, women into areas that are now just being expanded upon. And then getting away with the chain makes it so, yeah, the ball is easier, easiest spot. So if it is literally a centimeter off. It is a centimeter off, not using your eye. Uh, the ball, I guess now we're the ball, right? Um, the ball will be traditionally a traditional brown color ball used in most of the leagues, except the A7FL and arena football. Um, but with but what stands out with the XFL is each home team will have its own unique ball. Uh, it is marked the XFL logo and the team names in the respective colors, which is really cool. Um, they did it when they were doing this. It, they made it definitely a sales point too. When you get onto their website, you could buy your favorite team's football. Now, miscellaneous rules: the league uses the amateur football, high school football, and college and and CFL standard. Or one foot inbounds on a complete to complete a forward pass, which is really cool. I mean, I like it. At the same time, um, I don't. I like the ac- acrobatic look of uh, one or two foot and how hard that is. But you can add some some fun looks at the one foot. Offensive linemen are allowed to advance up to two yards downfield on a forward pass. Uh, the designated home team automatically gets at the start of the game to choose to kick off, receive, or defer to the second half. There is no coin toss traditionally seen in other football leagues um, or an opening scramble that was a hallmark of the original XFL. In the event of overtime, the visiting team will be given a choice to be going first or second or selecting which ends on to attack with the home team getting the other choice. Players are allowed to wear colored or decorated visors and there's a 10-minute halftime. So definitely making it so players are kind of standing out. Uh, with the, ex- the NFL, you have very, um, if I remember correctly, you, there is a tinted visor rule. Where it, it, there is a specific tint you can use without getting a doctor's approval. Most players will just go to their doctor and say, hey doc, I want to use a tint. Yeah, you're excited about the visor rule. Uh, I want to use a tinted visor in the NFL. Can you write me a script? <laughs> and... They generally will, especially they'll pay them some behind-the-scenes money. Um, this allows, you know, you see a lot of the cool visors that are used uh, in 
uh, amateur leagues, semi-pro leagues, used in pre-game, and now now they're going to be used. Or they were used, and now going to be used in a higher capacity. Um, now again, this is from the 2020 season. I don't see that changing a lot. As you can see, there's a lot of very cool rules in here that aren't going to change too much. Now, if there's something that confuses you or something that uh, you want to see more me expound a little bit more on, uh, please let me know. Uh, get a hold of me on Instagram, on my Facebook, anything like that. I will definitely do so. Uh, next week, we will talk about the teams of the previous XFL, um, as well as they just released at the time of this recording, uh, the list of the um, head coaches as well as a little bit more of the executives. So I'll get into that. It'll be a very short segment. Uh, actually, we'll do two, um, a two-in-one combo, a teams with the executives. So thank you very much for stopping by and listening, and I'll see you guys next week.